1: On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green.
0: Welcome to the Direct Response Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Ryan Avery of RyanAvery.com, the world champion of public speaking back in 2012, and an incredible speaker and communication trainer who I had the privilege of seeing at Vistage. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me today. I
0: appreciate it. My pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, great question! Uh, I was being a normal twenty-five-year-old way back in the day. I'm twenty-eight now, so uh, three years ago, four years ago, I was. Uh, I'm almost twenty-nine. I uh, was watching this YouTube video of this person going for the World Championship of Public Speaking, and uh, I watched it. I had never given a professional speech of my life at that point, and I looked at that video and I said, ah, "I think I could do that." So I, I ran outside of my bedroom. I said, "Babe, I'm going to be the world champion of public speaking this year." And my wife looked at me and she goes that's a real thing? And uh, I was like, uh, I don't know, actually, we should look it up. And it is, it's through Toastmasters. Uh, It's an organization uh, that helps people with their public speaking. And every year, around 30,000 people from 116 countries compete for the world championship. And back in 2012, I dedicated my life to winning that competition. And had the good fortune of winning and the next day I woke up to 269 emails asking me to speak all over the world and I remember waking up and scrolling through my phone scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and reading all these invites and I I looked at my wife and I said this is a job (laughs) like people pay you to speak I didn't know that and I realized they didn't pay you to speak now. I've been doing it full-time three years. They pay you for the strategies and the lessons that you can transfer over to your audience. So that's how I got started.
0: Awesome. Absolutely incredible story. And what do you wish you knew when you started that you know now, other than the fact that speaking is a real career?
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. Nobody's asked me that on an interview before. What do I wish I would have known starting out that I know now? I think for me, uh, it would have have been okay to ask more questions. So I've been doing this full-time three years. I'm growing every day, it feels like. But I think it's because I'm asking the right questions. I think back then there's this mentality of, you know, especially when you're 25 and you're 20s or younger, you're feeling like you have to justify your age and who you are. So you're afraid to ask questions. Uh, but I think right now in my, my stage of my game, I'm, I'm asking every question that I can. I'm asking so many people who are doing what I want to be doing and have been where I want to go. And it's been incredibly helpful for me. So I would, I would say ask more questions whenever and wherever you can to the right people. That's a, That's a key distinction. I've asked questions before to people, but they'll give me answers and they, I, I realize you've got to ask the right person because Now, sometimes people give you an answer and you go, oh, okay, and you take that advice and you go, "Wait, wait a minute, they're not doing what I want to be doing,
0: so why should I listen to them? That makes a lot of sense. What do you like best about your business? The freedom. So my
2: definition of success is I can do what I want, when I want, where I want, with who I want. I think everyone should have their own definition of success. And what being a public speaker allows me to do is I get to travel the world, I get to spend time with my wife, I get to meet amazing people, and I get to fulfill my vision and mission, mission every day of helping people learn how to go from A to B in their industry. So for me, it's that freedom and that flexibility. Last year, I took five months of vacation, and I made more money than I ever have in my entire life. But I also got to help more people than I ever have in my entire life. It's because speaking allows you this freedom and this flexibility to help people while still
0: having fun. That is awesome. With all the success you've <laughs> achieved, what, what is your biggest challenge now?
2: Biggest challenge now, I would say, is to keep growing. I think that's going to be my con- my challenge on a regular basis, right? I think any of you who are listening to this podcast, you've had this opportunity, right? You've had you've had a spot in your life where you dedicate your entire life to something and then you accomplish it and you go, well, shit, now what? And there's this point where you go, it's this plateau and you don't know how to feel because your whole life has been around this goal. And so I'm constantly hitting these goals and then plateauing and goals and plateauing. So having this challenge of, constant growth, constant learning, constant getting your name out there. It's, you know, even these big ones like John Maxwell and Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and Cheryl Sandberg and Brene Brown and Simon Sinek, these people that I look up to, you're not, you don't just get it because you've got that name. Like they're constantly working hard and they're constantly working to grow. So that's my biggest challenge is to remind myself, because you have what you have now does not mean that you're going to continue to get it. So constantly challenging yourself and growing and taking the next step.
0: Absolutely. Who are some of, I know you've achieved some great results, who are and have wonderful accolades from your clients. What are, who are some of your clients and what are some of the things that you've gotten to be able to do for them?
2: Uh, That's a great question. So anywhere from a Toastmasters district to a Caesars Entertainment, I'm going to speak at the Bellagio tomorrow in front of a thousand people uh, for a great company. So I get to travel a lot. Last year, my wife and I, we went to all seven continents. Uh, we went to Antarctica, we went to literally all seven continents to speak from private trainings to group trainings to one-on-one coaching to a ballroom full of a thousand people at a Las Vegas hotel, right? So. There's a variety of different audiences. There's a variety of different uh, companies um, from literally lawyers, engineers, college students. What I've learned is we're all in the communication business. So I teach communication strategies. So I teach leaders how to go from A to B in their industry. Why be A leader when you can be B leader? Why be A sales team when you can be V sales team? So what I teach is that difference between A to B is all around strategic communication. Well, if you're a lawyer, if you're a college student, if you're an engineer, you all want to go from A to B in that industry. So it's been good for me in that sense of I'm not specific to one industry, and it's allowed me to meet cool people and see great places and taste unreal food. I'm in China, and I'm eating cow stomach and jellyfish and i'm in australia eating kangaroo burgers and i'm in philadelphia eating amazing cheesesteaks so it it varies i love food i can eat food all day long
0: awesome so what would you say to how do you differentiate i mean obviously the world champion speaker title helps but how do you differentiate yourself from all of the other speakers who might teach or work on communication training in the marketplace?
2: Everything has to do with relationships. So people don't buy companies, they buy people. So for me, I've been spending these past three years building relationships, communicating my message, constantly asking questions, and most importantly, dreaming big, right? So I set big goals and I share those big goals with the people that are around my network. So for me, how I differentiate myself is I am myself. And I think that's a really important thing that we all must do is, you know, a leader will own a style. The leader will own their style. And I love who I am. I love who, uh, what I'm about. And I, you know I, I wear all, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm a very different style speaker. I'm a millennial. So I, I bring different things to the table. Uh, and I think for me, how I differentiate it is I build those relationships I, I have a unique formula that works from going from A to B, and I'm constantly trying to put myself out there by asking questions, by building relationships, and dreaming big.
0: Awesome. What? How did you come up with – you talk about A to V a lot. How did you come up with – what was the inspiration for that?
2: Uh, over time, so I was seeing these different people who – you know, they were making $150,000 a speech versus $10,000 a keynote, right? Or they, um, it was a basketball player who was making, you know, $50 million contract versus a team who's making five, or somebody who's helping a, a million people versus one person. Now, are all those good? Yes. Is helping one person good? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but I wanted to know what the difference was between why is Apple at the top and everyone else is below? Why is, uh, you know, LeBron James the best basketball player? I know some people might say, hey, 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 wait on, Ryan. But depending on who you ask, uh, he's the basketball player right now. And uh, why is there everyone else below him? And so I found that there was this difference between being a basketball player and being the basketball player, between being a leader and the leader. And I'm very fascinated with how we, as individuals, it's a choice you're able to say, you know, I don't want to be a leader. I want to be the leader. And we're taught, you know, be a leader, be a leader. But no one teaches us, well, how do do we become the leader? I'm fascinated with learning those different techniques and strategies, and I'm fascinated, and I love that's my mission in life, is taking a leader and making them the leader in their industry uh, and showing them how to do that.
0: I love it. Very, very cool. I know that uh, you are a voracious learner with all the information. Mm -hmm. Because you're not in one particular industry, you must get bombarded even more than all of us do with information. How do you stay on the cutting edge? Mm -hmm. How do you balance all of that?
2: That's a good question. I think for me, uh, one of my favorite quotes is, know something about everything and everything about something. And so my everything about something is communication. I am learning every single thing that I can from body language to emotional intelligence to negotiations to how your eyes move whenever we're communicating. Every single thing I can about communication. And what I've learned is whether you're a lawyer trying to win a case or you're an engineer trying to win a contract, or you're a college student looking to win an interview. Those communication strategies are universal throughout any type of industry. Now, along the lines, when I'm working with fun clients from wineries or banks or law firms, I pick up awesome information about them that helps me then connect with other people. So, for example, I'm working with a law firm um, in Arizona, and a law firm calls me in New York that says they want to work with me. Well, I can then relate the terminology and the words that I learned throughout that time I spent with the law firm in Phoenix over to the one that I'm working with uh, on the East Coast, and it helps me be more relatable. So I try to learn something about everything,
0: and then my everything about something is communication. You have traveled to every continent all over the world. What's (laughs) what's your favorite place you've been? Oh, I... You know I just I got back
2: from Antarctica recently and Antarctica is an outrageous place uh, we took a, I took in a breath and the air was so cold that the fillings in my teeth they shrunk and fell out of my mouth and penguins are all around me like pigeons would be at your neighborhood park and I'm uh, I mean it's it's this place where your body is changing and your scenery is so serene and the people around you are all these Adventurous, uh, thirsty for for travel, great people. So you're on this continent, bigger than Australia, and there's a thousand people spread throughout the entire continent, and you're around maybe twenty or thirty people the whole time for a week. And it's this place where you step and you go, I don't think a human has ever stood foot here. So being around this um, that atmosphere, and it didn't, it wasn't dark once. Um, it was light the whole time, and seeing the penguins and the whales, and it was a it was a very cool experience. And for me, it was a decision when my wife and I said, "Okay, we're ready to have kids." So that was a cool moment in my life too. Of you know, we we traveled all seven continents. We get back from Antarctica, uh, actually during Antarctica, and we said, "Look, I think it's time for us to to have kids." And now she's pregnant. So I I really appreciate Antarctica. I like it a lot. It was a good moment in my life.
0: Congratulations on The Impending Child. I have three. so Thank you. Welcome to the cult. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I, I know that you are also a voracious learner. What are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work?
2: So without a doubt, you have to read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. There's, If you read no other books, that is the book to read. important word here is implement. So I'll talk to people who say, I read 20 books this year. And I'm like, good for you. How many did you implement of those strategies that you learned, right? So it's not about how much you read. It's how much you retain, then how much you implement from those mentors who are teaching you. So Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, Uh, without a doubt, would not have won the world championship without James C. Humes' book called Speak Like Churchill, Stand Like Lincoln. Speak Like Churchill, Stand Like Lincoln. And then one of my favorite books personally for me, doesn't have to do necessarily with my uh, profession, but it has to do with me personally, is The Art of Power by Thich Nhat Han, And it has really changed my life and how I view things moving forward and what
0: power really is. So those are the three books that I would recommend. Awesome books, awesome recommendations. Who is an ideal client for you?
2: An ideal client for me is somebody who wants to dream big. So I don't want to put on a event of the year. I want to put on the event of the year. So somebody who's willing and ready to do something big, uh, have have the best event of the year, Make something really happen, cares about their company, really wants to transfer knowledge. I'm not one of these speakers who comes and does the rah-rah motivation. You're going to put pen to paper, learn some significant strategies that you can instantly implement. So I want those leaders who hire me to say, okay, we don't want to put on an event this year. We want to put on the event of the year. Who should we get? And what is the first step you would want for them to take? The first step that I would want them to take is any strategy. So I, uh, you know, you were in my training. uh, It's called a wow strategy is what I tell them. So wow strategies stand for what are you going to walk out with, right? So W-O-W, what are you going to walk out with? What wowed you today in today's presentation that you're going to actually do? So there are a variety of things that you can take away. I'll share one of them with you now. Uh, Don't use the word but whenever you're communicating, right? You want to transfer that. To use the word and so when i'm communicating with someone and i say i like your idea but another way we need to go about it is right that stops the conversation and that ultimately tells that person hey i don't really care what you're thinking i don't really care what your idea is however if we change that to the word and it carries on the conversation and makes things progress so i like your idea and another way we can think of it is this So instead of using but moving forward, use and, and you'll carry on the conversation, keep people motivated, and ultimately get people to take action.
0: Awesome. Fascinating interview. I've got pages of notes. I'm sure our listeners do too. (laughs) This has been Seth Green with Ryan Avery. Uh, RyanAvery.com, A-V-E-R-Y. We'll also put the link in the show notes. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. We greatly appreciate your time and expertise. Yeah, thanks for having me
2: so much. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.